That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, if me bust on your head, you try. That's what's up. Then I dig low with my trauma. That's what's up. And all them haters never look wild. That's what's up. And all I know, Jack Nasty. That's what's up. Good morning, what's up Turks and Caicos? Welcome to another episode of What's Up with yours truly, Andy Mizik, the host. Today we have a special guest. On the 18, shot put and discus racket holder, Antoine Walken. So Antoine, who are you for those in Radio Land who might be unaware? Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Andy. Um, pleasure to be here. Um, my name is Antoine Walken, as you noted. I am the under 18 shot put and discus national record holder. I'm a past student and four year head boy at Precious Treasures International High School, right home in Turks and Caicos. Um, son of Anthony Walken and Robin Cox, couldn't ask for two better parents. They've been my backbone since I've been born, um, all the way to where I am now. Currently in Jamaica, attending Kingston College, the Kingston College. Um, hoping to move on to study urban and regional planning and architecture. Very nice, Antoine. You know, you are out there in Jamaica and you're doing a tremendous job. Uh, you are definitely a hero to many of the youth, even to my myself, who is relatively older than you, because actually when I was in school too, I used to, I mean, show the shot put, but I then take it to the extent that you're taking it, you know? So how yeah. did you get interested in the sport, throwing uh, shot put discus, and how long have you been taking it serious? Well, Andy, to be honest, I can't lie to you. I wasn't initially interested in shot put and discus. Um, and even to this day, I've, I have a passion to play American football, my favorite sport, my pride and joy. Um, and... Really and truly, one day, well, my twin brother, I'm a twin, my twin brother, Ravon Walken, who's also here with me, he is the national triple jump, the, the junior triple jump record holder. He's actually out here with me in Jamaica, attending Kingston College. Um, and he used to train with Mr. Ford at Quality Athletic, Mr. Ford and Mr. Christopher Foster, who is my stepfather, also thankful for him and all of the input that he's had on my life. Um... So he used to train at the track with Mr. Ford in the evenings. And one evening I actually happened to be down there and Mr. Ford just told me to bring some clothes Monday. And since then, I haven't looked back. It's been four years now. So since since that, that fateful day with Mr. Ford, I just haven't looked back. All right. So you you have just been, I mean, playing the sport for four years, you say? Four years. Okay. And also, in addition to that, like, what... What is the current uh, racket for both the shot put and the discus? Um, well, for the under 18 level, the record that I set is 16.20 meters. And for the discus, is 47.73 meters. Mm -hmm. um, the records that I'm chasing now were actually leave, left here by Teja Wapang, who actually left Casey last year. Um, and he left um, a record of 50... 50 meters, I think, around 50 meters for the discus and 17.30 uh, meters for the shot put. So those are really what I'm chasing right now, even further than that, so that I can get on the podium at Curfler this year and get on the podium for um, 
the Jamaica High School Championships this year as well. So when did you when did you set the records? Uh, for discus, I actually set the record at the Jamaican Championships last year, um, which held me to medal last year. I came third at the Jamaican Championships, and for shot put, I set the record earlier. I think it was around February. I set the record at one of the track meets. Um, I got injured actually shortly after that track meet, so um, it was really and truly my well. It, was my best shot put performance of a lifetime, and I haven't really been able to get back to that place, but that's pretty much what the training is all about, getting back to your best. Okay, so what led you to making the move to Jamaica, and how is life in Jamaica going? Um, well, the move to Jamaica was really... Um, they've been the, the school has been pursuing us for years. Since... The eighth grade, um, Casey has been reaching out to mommy. Well, they were reaching out to mommy at that point. Every summer, um, interested in at least us coming for even a camp or just so they could see what we're made of. Um, and well, mommy was hesitant. We were hesitant. I, I don't. We, we really didn't even want to move in the end until mommy really had to show us that that was the way forward for us in sports. Um, so we ended up making that decision in two thousand and. 20, 2020, yeah, late 2020, because we would have moved by 2021, summer 2021. Um, and it was really just after the school continued to offer their, their, the scholarship, and they, it seemed like they were genuinely interested. It wasn't something where they just wanted points for their champs. They actually wanted to make us better athletes, and we saw it as a way for us to um, encourage other athletes who are home in Turks who have this opportunity, who don't want to take the opportunity um, and show them that there's more to it than um, just going to Carifta every year and not doing your best or going to Carifta every year and bringing back unsatisfactory results. Because if you put the work in, you'll get it out. And that's really what we're just trying to show everybody, that when you put in the work, it's worth it. And that was something that mommy instilled in us in a young age. And it's really just been a move that, that it's changed both of our lives. So how's life holistically in Jamaica? How's life holistically going? Will you feel like it's the biggest and I mean difference between like Jamaica and Turks? Us, oh, it's Even well then. to say the least, it's a different country, but um, it's a different lifestyle. Jamaica is a lot more fast-paced. Um, of course, for us, we can think that things are further away. But the farthest drive you could really do in Turks is fifteen to twenty minutes. So now when I move out here to Jamaica and I live in almost an hour away from home, um, home to school, um, that was a big adjustment. Um, you know, learning the native tongue of the people. Of course, we all know that Jamaicans speak Jamaican patois, so learning to understand the language. Um, um, adjusting to the school system was something as well, because in Turks, we studied IGCSE at Precious Treasures, and we came to Jamaica having to learn CXCs within one school year. So that was another big adjustment for me last year. But other than that, um, it's the same Caribbean experience. You still have beautiful beaches. Um, you still have a close-knit people for the most part. You have a loving set of people just like we have in Turks. Um, and, and really and truly, our Kingston College family, Kingston College is a brotherhood. And, and they opened their doors to us with open arms. They, op they, they accepted us into their family with open arms. And it's something that um, I will forever be grateful for. 
And it's something that it made my transition to Jamaica as a 15-year-old just leaving his mother's house, as a 16-year-old just leaving his mother's house, um, it made that transition a lot easier for me. So in Jamaica, how often do you train? And also how often do you compete? And do you feel like it's like the biggest difference in the training program in comparison to, I mean, Turks and Caicos? And how far do you think we have to go to get to that level, you know, of training? Well, really and truly, tra training is nonstop in Jamaica. That's the, that, that's the thing. Um, we train six days a week. That's Monday to Saturday. So that's from um, training starts in August straight back until December. You have training from around 3 o'clock to, say, 7, can run to, to 7.30 some evenings if you have a long program. Um, and that's five days a week. That's Monday straight through to Friday, lift three times a week. Um, Saturdays, you have more of a technical day, but it's early morning training. So you're up and at it at 6 o'clock early Saturday morning at school for a two, three-hour session. Um, so Sunday would be a rest day. Sunday would also be a schoolwork day because you get home late in the evenings during the week. Um, and then in terms of the biggest difference between – oh, sorry, track meets. Um, track meets start in January, and they're every week, essentially. Um, for me as a thrower – you don't really get burnt out that much or as quickly as um, sprinters and jumpers would. So we really and truly almost do track meets every week up until champs, which is in March. Um, and then in terms of the biggest difference between training at home and training in Jamaica, in Jamaica, there's a buy-in of the athletes. So you see home now where you can have somebody come training two, three times a week. That don't work in Jamaica because you see the, the thing is, it's either you're doing it or you ain't doing it. And if they see that you're inconsistent, the coaches are going to lose interest. Because really and truly, there are thousands of young men my age in Jamaica, thousands of young men who want the opportunity that I have in Jamaica. And so for me to waste that opportunity, the coaches ain't going to be happy with that. And so they don't really waste their time with athletes. If you don't want to do it, they, they ain't going to force you. And so the biggest difference between what we're doing at home and what they have over here in Jamaica is that the athletes are bought in. The athletes come in every day, they work hard every day, and they put in what they want to get the results. So anybody who does that in Turks, I can, I can promise them good results because I got it when I was home training with Mr. Ford. Um, Tanisha Gardner got it when she was at home training with Mr. Ford. Rivon got it when he was at home training with Mr. Ford. So they have examples to look at of athletes who trained, who did the six days a week right there in Turks and got the results. The biggest thing is the consistency. So what do, you, what do you feel like the move to Jamaica did for your mindset as well in terms of to be a high-caliber athlete? What should, how should your mindset be? Talk a little about the mindset. Oh, man, the, the, the thing is with Jamaica is either kill or be killed. So the, the competition that's out here is a different breed. You see in Turks, we are really and truly the best on Provo may be the best in all the islands. That ain't the case in Jamaica. Or the best in Grand Turk may be the best and all that. That's not the case out here. Out here, you have people coming from 14, soon to be 15 different parishes in Jamaica. Um, whether or not you're the best in your parish, the best at your school, that don't matter when you get there to the competition because everybody is trying to kill everybody else. Everybody wants to be in first place. And so it develops a mindset of every throw 
for me is a different opportunity. Every sir was another opportunity for me to gain a scholarship. Every sir was another opportunity for me to be my best self. Every sir was another opportunity for me to show what I've been doing in training. And so it, it, it develops a mindset that you can't waste time. You can't waste your opportunities when you're working so hard. So what improvements do you think can be made to, I mean, the program here to get at least to a higher caliber? And will you feel like as well could be done, like what is done in Jamaica like to improve the mindset of athletes or most athletes just come there with that focused mindset? Um, you see, in Jamaica, they have so many examples. They have so many people to look up to. They look as far. They 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 go to the stadium on sun on, on Saturday afternoons and they can watch Shelly Ann Fraser run. They can watch Sharika Jackson run. They can watch Asafa Powell, Usain Bolt, all of the athletes. They have firsthand they have firsthand um um knowledge and experience to these athletes. They see them every week, and so they see them and they can ask the questions and they can say, you know what, I can do that because they have that at their schools. Now in Turks, the thing is. For you to develop that mindset, it has to be something that you want or you have to want something from it. Everybody ain't going to be a Usain Bolt. Everybody ain't going to be even a Delano Williams. But you see, if there's something that's pushing you behind the sport, you see, if you have a family in sports that's pushing you, if you have a coach that's pushing you, if you have um, friends that are pushing you to be your best self, that's the only thing you need to develop that killer mindset because really and truly nobody likes losing. And so that mindset will come whether or not you like it. People will get nervous, you'll have anxiety, you'll have all of them things. But guess what? You see, if you lose two or three times, when you fall down, as soon as you get up, you can learn that, listen, I need to go back to training this week. I, I need to have a good week of training and come out here and execute next week. And so it's really the development of the mindset, not only from the competition out here, but it's the development of a mindset of what they can see. The more um, adults and Turks are involved in athletics, it, it it can't always just be basketball and softball. When you see um, inter-high happening some years and the stands look scanty and Carifta trials happening and the stands look scanty, even sports days happening and the parents ain't coming to watch their children run, those are all things that don't motivate athletes because they hear saying, boy, if I could be training six days a weekend, my mommy can't even roll out of bed to come and watch me dig a seal away. And so I understand that not every parent has the time and not every um, athlete has a situation where their parents can come and watch them. But the more support athletes have, the better they will do. At KC, we have everything that we could think of in terms of support. We are fed every evening before we go home. You do, your parents even have to think about feeding you before you go home. You're fed lunch at school. So your parents only provide you with one meal, and that's breakfast. That's the only thing that KC track team parents have to worry about, breakfast. Other than that, um, any injury that you have, the school will cover. They will ensure that you're cared for. Um, all of those small things, they build up to one big thing, and the only thing that the athlete has to worry about is being mentally ready for competition. His, his coach will have him physically ready. The school will have him physically ready. He will have all the access to health care he needs. He'll have all the access to the education that he needs. He will not have to worry about schoolwork. He needs a tutor, they get it. You need, anything you need, they get it. And so the faster we develop, a support system for athletes, the better it will be for them, the easier it will be for that mindset to get there, that they will drive themselves and do better from it. I, and I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, it's it's a different, I mean, booster when you feel that, you know, people are behind you, pushing you, supporting you, believing Man. in you. And I can tell you, Andy, there was, 
There was nothing better for me. There was nothing better for me at Carista than looking up in the stands, and I could have seen my Andy Rosie waving her hands. I could have seen my daddy in the stands. So I hear competing, and I turn my head, and I just look on the road. And my stepfather's there, my father's there, my mother's there, and my auntie is there. And as much as other athletes had their family there, I felt like I was the luckiest person in the world to have four whole family members there cheering me on. And win, lose, or draw, I knew that they are proud of me because they know how hard I work. And so those small little things, those small, those small little things do so much for athletes. Because trust me, track and field is an ungrateful sport. But any sport that you're doing, whether it's softball, basketball, um, um, football, American football, rugby, it's mentally draining. And that, that's another thing about the mindset. You see, you, you have to get past that part where it drains you. Um, it, it, it really it takes everything out of you. But it's really and truly how you bounce back. It's how you come forward from that. There's a there's a seg segment of my show that I call, you know, I mean, giving flowers. I believe to give flowers to, you know, people who are doing the thing, especially as youth, you know, in which, you know, there are some youths who are doing wrong and it's like it's like a microscope on them. They are very highlighted. But I believe that, yeah, yeah. you know, we should, you know, embrace and, you know, put the spotlight on those who are doing well as well as well. You know, you're doing a tremendous job. You know, you wouldn't believe that you're an you, inspiration you. to so many youths, you know, and it's all about youth empowerment. You know, just how you say, you know, the athletes in Jamaica could go on the field and they could see, you know, Shelly and Fraser. They can see Johan Blake and all of those guys and feel inspired. Just like that, you know, athletes from Turks, you know, see you out there doing your thing. You know, set national records and even, you know, potential to medal at Carifto, you know, which was just to, done a few times by Turks and Caicos Islanders. You're definitely an inspiration. Keep soaring, keep flying. You know, your family is proud of you. I'm proud of you. And many other Turks and Caicos Islanders are proud of you. So what you're doing, you're doing more than just making your family proud. You're doing, you're making your, your country proud. And, you know, you're giving hope to many of you. So thank you, thank you, Andy, thank keep you. Keep up the great work. So what are some tips that you would give, you know, individuals with aspirations of throwing the shot put and discus? Um, well, I could, I could really just quote a line from my coach here. My coach, I have to give a big shout out to my coach, Kaniji Arenar. Um, he's actually the, the, the hammer throw record holder for Jamaica. Um, the most important thing for a throw is technique. You can't be technique. If you have the best technique in the field, you have the best chance of winning. Um, everybody is going to be strong. All throws are going to be strong. All of them are going to be, to a certain extent, fast. Um, all of them are going to be big. Sometimes you can be the smallest man in the competition. Um, having that killer mindset, um, executing every throw, execution is just as important as technique. Um, but you see, if you can be technical and you can execute your throw, there's nothing stopping you as a thrower. There's really nothing stopping you. Um, I like to say that shot put was my first love because I have a thing for brute force. I I, I really only just get into finer parts of the technique of the discus down now. Um, and because I could just get to the front and just smash through the ball, which is something that I really love doing, um, that helped me. So I, I neglected the technique a lot last year. And as much as it took me to 16.2 meters, 
Um, I could have gotten to 17 meters and 18 meters had I been more technical. So that technical focus is something that I'm definitely focused on this year. Um, and it's something that I think that every thrower should pay just a little bit more attention to, even if it means video in two or three throws and just looking through what are the cues that I'm missing, what am I missing in competition, and, and working on that. Okay. Um, so what is your academic major again? Um, right now, I'm actually doing CAPE which is almost the equivalent to A-levels. So I'm studying um, management of businesses, um, building building architecture and technical drawing, um, communication studies, and uh, that's what I think that's it. So how difficult is that. it being a student athlete? Oh, boy. Well, first off, I must say, that you say it in the right order, student athlete. And that's something that mommy has preached to me, preached to us when we was born, we were always students. Um, the athlete part comes second. Um, at Kingston College, as a, anywhere from seventh grade to fifth form, they expect you to have an average over 70%. Because if you don't have an average over 70%, you key out participating champs. That's the first thing. And so it's, it's a major thing to focus on your schoolwork as an athlete. Um, another thing is all of us are chasing scholarships out here. Schools ain't giving scholarships to people who ain't book smart anymore. You you gotta have a little something in your brain to get a scholarship because they ain't just gonna give every and anybody scholarships anymore. Um, and so being a student athlete requires a lot from you. It requires a lot of determination from you simply because it's not easy. You know, I get home some nights nine o'clock, eight thirty, anywhere from eight thirty to nine o'clock. Um, I have four subjects that I'm doing. Each subject has each subject has uh, internal assessment to be done, similar to what um, fifth form students do as SBAs. Each of them have one of those to be done. Mock exams coming up in a, a few weeks, right after the, the high school championships out here, and in, and right after Carifta. Um And then, other than that, you just have regular classwork. You have notes to catch up on, studying to do. Um, and it gets it get it gets stressful at times, it gets very hectic. But is this something that you have to deal with if you want to be an athlete? Because being a student is just as important. And well for my mommy, seventy percent couldn't fly. So seventy <laughs> percent couldn't fly. She was eighty five and above. So that, that raised my bar even more. But she, she she was really the driving force towards me doing so well in CXC last year and I can't I can't stress that enough. So what is your why? What keeps you going? When you feel overwhelmed, when you feel drained. Well, looking back when I when I go back to Carifta and Champs, I can tell you my mommy didn't hasn't missed a major championship that I've ever been to. She followed me all the way to Costa Rica. And seeing that smile on her face every time I have a big throw, every time I I, I, I get one of those good ninety fives in a test, because even ninety she'd still be asking questions but sometimes. But but um Seeing that smile, knowing that my parents are proud, there's nothing that pushes me more. Um, it's the least that you can do for them. Because really and truly, they brought you into the world. Um, they spent a lot of money on you. They make sure that you clothed, you fed, you have everything that you could dream of having. And that's the kind of um, life that my parents have given me, a very privileged life. Never gone without um, want, wanting anything, much less needing anything. And so knowing that they're proud, putting a smile on their face, and even just sparing them the expense of college if I can, that alone is my why. 
Nice. And of course, being a, a, a inspiration to the younger, to the next generation. Because trust me, there's nothing like the rewards of your hard work. As my grandmother used to say, the late Leonie Hamilton, she used to tell us that you get as much as you put in. And track and field, your coach will tell you. In track and field, you get exactly what you put in. So if you miss five sessions, you may see that right there in your chance result. If you was at those five sessions, you 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 may have caught something that you did that you caught at, at gyms. And that, that that's just it. The why is making my parents proud. So how much more time do you have left in school? And like, what is your plans after you're done with school? Will you continue shot put and discus at a professional level, or is it will it be it for you? Well, to be honest with you, Andy, I I I don't know what the future holds. Um, I still have an interest in playing American football, so hopefully when I do get to college in the U.S., um, which is the ultimate goal, I would be able to start a career at least trying to play American football. Um, but really and truly, I'm just going to go where God takes me at this point. Um, I want to study urban and regional planning. Well, that, that would be a master's degree, so I want to get a bachelor's in architecture. Um, and whichever school offers the best scholarship, um, has the best architecture program. That's where I, I, I hope that that's where I'll go. So there are many youths who are away to school who have no plan on coming back home. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, what are your thoughts on youths, you know, go away to school, don't want to come back home for any particular reason at all? How do you view that? Do you have plans on coming back to Turks one day? All of my plans are centered on me coming back home. I, I couldn't picture myself living anywhere else long term. I comfort myself every night here in Jamaica knowing that someday someday I could be wake, wake it up at Provo again eating grits. Um, but I think the main reason why people aren't really coming back home is that they're, they're getting a new experience. And as much as a lot of the people don't even move permanently, um, that's the thing. They just, they're looking for the new experience. And other than the new experience, there ain't much to do in Turks in terms of entertainment. Um, you get really and truly what you see. You have to make your own entertainment and you have to make your own way in Turks. You don't get compensated for degrees in Turks. Um, a teacher with an associate makes the same amount as a teacher with a master's. And in first world countries, second world countries, where you're awarded for the amount of school time that you put in, um, I, I, the reward is greater and it's understandable. Um, but I think that a major thing is a lot of the degrees that people are trying to pursue now, the markets are saturated. Everybody can be a doctor or everybody can be a lawyer because really and truly you don't got that much government doctors and lawyers in the Turks and Caicos. So um, they don't really have the opportunity to work home with the degrees that they're pursuing. And that's really a major reason why I wanted to pursue urban and regional planning because there's a need for that degree in Turks. Um, with the way that our country is developing so quickly, you always find a need for um, someone to design a building, and you'll always find a need for someone to plan the areas around the building. And that's generally what the two degrees that I want to get specialized in. So really and truly is just focusing more on what you're specializing in um, and find, finding what you want to do at home. It's not always going to be a government job that's available. It's not always going to be a job somewhere that's available. Sometimes you'll have to bring a business home or open your own business. And I guess that's a risk that not everybody is equipped or wants to really take out in, in, this, in this life. 
I totally agree and completely understand. And, you know, I like your mentality. Uh, I feel like without a doubt, you know, we all have a significant role to play because we are who we are now because of the foundation that the generation before us set. And I mean, basically the torch is being passed over to us, you know, to yes, I mean, yes. put Turks to a higher level, a higher standard. So if we all leave, you know, there won't be anyone here to develop. So most definitely, you know, come back and, you know, develop it to the country that we want it to be with the multiple array of entertainments and the multiple different opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The track meets, mm -hmm. the, the field, you know. So we go, I believe, you know, go away, you know, gain the knowledge and, you know, come back right back and give it back however we can, you know. So and, and there the are biggest, many youth who are... Uh, Losing hope. There are many youths here who, I mean, don't see a way. And, you know, that's possibly the reason why some of them go away and never come back. Yeah, one, one of the biggest things I see, too, is that for us to get anywhere in Turkey, we got to start working together mm -hmm. as a people. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what do you feel like? Because at the end of the show, because we're getting to the end, like I want uh -huh. you to give like some of the youth some motivation some motivation from the knowledge you've gained from, you know, traveling, being abroad and just competing different, I mean, places in the world and different mentor, mentors. So what is some motivation you would give to the youth who are losing hope and don't see a way? The first thing and the biggest thing is to never lose your faith in God. He's always there for you. When you don't think you got nobody else, God is there and he's always listening. Um, Secondly, never be afraid to be yourself. You can't move somewhere and try to be somebody else. That's the hardest thing to do. You in a new environment, be yourself, let loose, have new experiences, meet new people, try new things, um, and just see how far that takes you. In terms of sports, the biggest thing is, is consistency. You have to you have to give yourself the opportunity to do well. And by being inconsistent with training, being inconsistent with your schoolwork, being inconsistent in anything you do, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to perform at your best. And so the biggest thing to me in life in general, sports, academics, even in your job, is being consistent. Um, other than that, it's really just, be, just, just keep going. Just don't, just don't give up. Um, I feel like a lot of the people, a lot of us in Turks, give up too fast. We get an injury, it's um, and and it stops there fast. We get two setbacks and it stops there fast. We get a setback and people fighting us out. Yeah, it ain't it ain't always gonna go your way. It won't always be a bed of roses. But the thing is that you have to work with what you get, and you just have to move on and keep fighting. Don't lose your drive and your passion for the things that you start, and finish what you start. I totally agree. So you heard it, folks. I mean, it's yours truly, Andy Mizek, the host of What's Up, Turks and Caicos. And today we had the shot put and discus on the 18 racket holder, Mr. Antoine Walken. So thanks for, I mean, coming on the show, Antoine. And you, dro you dropped a lot of gems and continue to be an inspiration to us in Turks and Caicos, not only, you know, the people, but your family and uh just doing your thing on the regional level you know making your country making your school proud so that that's it folks and next week 
Don't forget to tune in at 10 for another great episode of What's Up Turks and Caicos with another special guest. Thank you, Mr. Walken. Thank you, Andy. Everybody wanna show you